This episode is powered by Tom DeLeo Day Financial Planning Services. On today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm going to have, we're going to have a, we're going to have a relationship where I can give you feedback and give you sort of my, what I think. I'll give you a recommendation. I'll say, this is what I think, Patrice. You know, I mean, I've gotten to know, maybe I've gotten to know your, your, your fiance or your new, new husband. And I'm like, you know what? He's a good guy. If you're comfortable with it, that's fine. You can make it a joint account, you know, and do whatever. But typically I'm going to probably lean towards, look, You've built this wealth on your own. You have this 401k, obviously, on your own, which is which can only be yours. And you've right. saved and you've done a good job of saving. I'm not going to jeopardize that or advise that you jeopardize that with a relationship that may or may not last. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on ladies' night, focusing on self-care for black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. When you listen to this audio podcast, the analytics show that you all are listening you give your girl a five-star review? Come on now. I know you want to. I know you enjoy it. And I thought I'm going to do this as a new segment. As you know, I'm global. So I vow to give all my global listeners a shout out. So this week, I'm giving a shout out to the people in Finland. (laughs) 
I don't know who you are, but I would love for you to email me or you can go on to um, any of the social medias. DM me. Let me know who you are. And the second place is Singapore. There is a center for community development in Singapore. You all are listening like 66%, whoever you are, are there. Thank you so much. I definitely want to hear from you. All right. Now, tonight, we're going to bring a special guest out of the waiting room. We're going to get him in here. But did you all know that October is Financial Wellness Month? So I figure, why don't I invite a financial advisor guru? Why not? And he looks like us. He's melanated, this melanated man. I'm going to bring him out right now. And when he comes out, I want you all to say hello to Mr. Day. Ah! Hello. Hello. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing wonderful. You are, you are already getting a hello from Patrice Gardner. She said, greetings and salutations, fam. Greetings. Greetings. And I want to say that hello is coming from Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Wow. Worldwide. I love it. Uh, global. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. I'm going to introduce my guest. His name is Tom DeLeo Day. He is a financial advisor with Edward Jones. But I know what I know. I'm going to let Tom DeLeo tell you about himself Tande, can yes, you tell everybody a little bit about you? You know, um, where you're from, what made you get into financial? Sure, sure. Um, I, I'll keep that brief so we can get to the meat of the topics. But um, my name is Tonda Leo Day. I'm a financial advisor um, with Edward Jones Investments. Um, I have been in finance about 28 years at this point. Um, you know, in, in one capacity or another, um, I have a passion for, for helping people grow their money and helping people to kind of understand money and, and giving them knowledge, financial literacy. Um, I am a proud father of three adult girls and now two grandchildren. And mm -hmm. of course, my, my beautiful wife, Danine, who is, who's a friend of yours and, um, I'm originally from South Carolina, but I have grown up and traveled all around the world. I'm global right. as well, if you want to put it that way. So, <laughs> um, and that's, I mean, I guess that's the best place to start. You know, I, I manage about, I will say this, I manage about uh, 60 million in assets. Um, and I am a full service financial advisor, full service financial firm. I love, so what made you want to get into that? Well, you know, I, straight out of college, I went to I went to University of South Carolina in Johnson C. Smith, which is an HBCU. And I didn't go to school for finance, but my first job out of college was for Sally Mae. And oh, Lord. Sally, exactly, really? exactly. But I, what I did was audit um, accounts, basically, audit accounts. So I was always in the financial arena and my jobs just continuously um, evolved into uh you know, advising and counseling clients. And I got into this and, and I would always, I always tell people really God puts you on a path. And so whatever that, you know, and, and it was funny because everything kind of grew 
and I would learn something that always brought me to has now brought me to where I am today, which is experiencing great success and doing something that I love. So I love it. And you do come highly recommended. Well, one question before we get started. Have you seen any of my name on any past due accounts from? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that was <laughs> ages ago. You were probably not even in school by the time when I was there. I, you know, I'm a little bit older, I'm sure. So. <laughs> my god too funny i wish i did know you then you can expunge some records on me let's get started so what exactly does a financial advisor do well ursula a financial advisor is someone that helps you put a plan together and put together a strategy for reaching whatever your financial goals are so if you have a goal to retire early and we, we come together and we find out if it's feasible and I help you put that strategy together. Um, it, it's always I, the people always ask, is it important to have a financial advisor or why is it important? And I always tell people, so if you're ill or you're sick, do you diagnose your own your own illness and do you prescribe your own medication? Do you mm-hmm. operate on yourself? You don't. You go to a professional if you. Yeah. Um, or have a law issue. Maybe you want to draft. I know you can do a lot of things online now, but if you wanted to draft a will or you have to go to court, what do they say about a a person who represents themselves in court? They have a fool for a client, right? So you want to have a professional in that aspect as well. And so why would you not have a professional guide you and counsel you in terms of your finances, which could be one of the most important things in your life, right? So that's why it's important to have somebody who is um, licensed, somebody who's knowledgeable, somebody who's credible, and someone you trust to be able to help you, counsel you, and guide you. That's, That's amazing. But, you know, I've always been under the impression that you have to have a large sum of money or already be wealthy. So is that true or no? That's a misconception. That is not true. Um, Obviously, there are firms that have minimums that may say you have to come in with a quarter billion dollars. But there are also firms like myself that work with people of all financial um, stages. So I'll deal with folks who are fresh out out of college and maybe just getting started. And I'll help counsel them and move them through, uh, you know, help help them kind of get their bearings on how to save and how to invest and we'll get them going. And of course I do have, of course, my larger clients, but you don't have, there, there's different programs that people, um, uh, firms employ. For example, we have a, a program called DCA dollar cost averaging where you can buy stocks and you don't have to buy like, for example, a, um, a stock like, uh, Amazon right now is $3,000 for one share. So you may say, well, I don't have $3,000 to invest in anything, but I have $100 a month. And we can buy into that stock at $100 a month and and own, start investing in that form, in that fashion. So you can always do what we call systematic investing. That's what dollar cost averaging is called. Oh, my God. You know, I love how you talked about when you can have college students or newly graduates. I wish... You know, I didn't grow up with money. I wasn't poor. We didn't grow up poor, but this is new, you know. So that would have been real good to have that growing up. Well, Ursula, I think that our culture 
unfortunately, a lot of us, or at least our generation and, and older, we didn't have financial literacy. We didn't know about investing. We didn't know about those things. All we knew about is getting, making money, hustling to make money, and then saving right. what we have. But unfortunately, if you just save what you have, you're losing money. Um, a, a Can you quote, explain that? Yeah, well, a, a quote that I always use is uh, Warren Buffett says, if you're not, your money isn't working for you while you're asleep, you're going to work until you die. Oh, and what he's saying is that what you make, you have to save more than you spend. And then what you save has to continue to make money. And that's all investing is it's saving and getting a great return on your investment. Hmm. Well, what about married couples? Mm. So when they come in, do they usually have their financial futures together or should they <laughs> come to you individually? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a, Ursula, that's a great question. And the answer to that is it depends. It varies, right? I mean, some couples co-mingle their, their, checks, right? They have a joint account. They may co-mingle their checks and pay bills together. And they may have an idea of what their financial future looks like or a goal that they want to achieve together. And they work together for that. And they have a strong firm partnership. Obviously, that's positive. That's great. Mm -hmm. And some people will come in and say, well, look, I'm going to come in and just um, uh, by myself. I'm just going to come in by myself Um Maybe my husband or wife isn't interested, but I'm interested in investing and I want to come in and get that in order, which is which is also fine. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that sometimes it's better to keep those finances apart, you know, to really? not cause conflict. Sure. It depends on your relationship and your relationship with your spouse. And now I do have times when a client or a couple will come into the office and one of them is 100% ready to go and, and the other is eh, not so much. And that spouse will come back by themselves, open an account and get their financial future going. Now, you know, I always advise, hey, at least communicate and let them know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that they're aware because you don't want to keep secrets from each other, especially in finance is something as important as that. But I always tell people, Look, it's fine if, if you do that. There's nothing wrong with that because think about this. Your retirement, nobody, if you have a 401k, nobody's name is on that 401k except you, right? That's right. your retirement. That's Ursula's retirement. It's not Mr. Ursula's, you know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> not your significant other or whoever, whoever else it may be. That's for you. And there's a reason for that. I mean, you know, you don't know as much as we would love for our relationships to last and so forth. We also need to be sure that we're prepared in the case it doesn't, you know, prepare for the unexpected. And that would be making sure your financial future is, is set and in place. You know, I will be transparent when COVID hit. That was an alarming red flag for me. You got to get your stuff together because who saw the pandemic coming? Right. And oh my God, it's, it's, it's just, it was unsettling, extremely right. unsettling. But before we go on, if anyone is listening, if you have any questions for Mr. Day, I'm going to drop the link in the comment section right now. And you can either type your question in the comments 
or you can come on the live stream and respectfully ask him any questions you may have about him getting uh, about his financial advisement. <laughs> so we have a comment and they say, good evening, Mr. Day is the best of I'm the best. best. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I cannot read that name. And Juven say <laughs> thank you for your comment. And I'm sure Tande appreciates that also. I do. I absolutely do. Thank you so much. So you were talking about uh, finances and relationships. So from your experience, how big a part do finances play in relationships? Well, this is going to be a two part question, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Well, let's talk. Let's let's start with a couple with some statistics. Okay. First off. 50% of marriages end in divorce, okay? Of first marriages. 65% of second marriages end in divorce. 65? Of second marriages. That was a statistic that was a little bit um, surprising to me as well. I would think that that would be a smaller percentage than the first marriage because you kind of figured it out, right? Like if at first you don't succeed, try again, but that's, that doesn't really play out in that in that scenario. But approximately 37% of divorces cite financial problems as the reason that their marriage ended. What's the percentage? 37%. Really? Of divorces cite financial problems as the reason marriage has failed. Now, that's third. And I don't know about the, you know, it may be really close there, 33 or whatever, but the 37 is what I got. But it says the third, the that's behind infidelity one. And lack of intimacy, too. The third reason is, um, you know, is uh, uh, financial issues. And I will contend that financial stress or financial, you know, problems, not communicating about finances has something to do with the infidelity in some way or had something right. to do with, you know, so I'm sure, you know, so in that being said, Finances play a major part in the success of a relationship, the failure of a relationship, the contentment in a relationship. Um, let me and let me just point out another fact. The Bible talks about finances, money and saving and budgeting two thousand more than two thousand times in the Bible. Really? I didn't it know that. It, that's right. And it talks about it more than faith more than prayer, more than, you know, anything else in the Bible by far. So it's, it's one of the most important things in the Bible. So with the good, book, the good book emphasizing the importance of finance and saving and, and being fiscally sound, how important do you think it is for a relationship? You know what I mean? I, I think that's, that speaks volumes in my, in my opinion. It does. I never knew that. Absolutely. So when you have your, your clients, do you ever see, see any um, where one partner is a lot, have a lot more communication than the other? Because that rung out to me when you said the communication or lack of communication. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and it's, it's very interesting because in our culture, what I've come to find now, now I have a very diverse book and we'll kind of get into that, but what I've come to find is in black cut with black couples, 
the woman tends to be more of the um, lead the conversation when it comes to finance. And and, and maybe my, my Caucasian clients, it's the it's it's more so the opposite. Now, it's, there's no obviously these are generalizations because obviously there's different circumstances with each. But I would say that is what I see more and who communicate more. Um, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So and I do believe and like I said, I mean, I really have a lot of instances where when I when I gave you the example of a couple coming in and one coming back, typically that's the theme, the the woman. And usually it's a black woman that will come back and say, OK, we're I'm ready to do this. He's not ready, but I'm about to get started. Mm. And I can see that happening. That's so interesting. Yeah. And they just go full forward with it, huh? Right. Go full forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. All right. So we talked about our other counterparts, but what, why is the, excuse me, what is the demographic makeup of your client base? Okay. And do so, black women invest? Cause I know black women are somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, I've been fortunate. I mean, you can't be successful without having, you know, everyone, you know, coming to you and, and trusting in your services. So we've been fortunate to have a, a extremely diverse book of business, um, I have, you know, of course, I have, I would say probably a 50-50 split between blacks and whites. So I have a lot, I have folks who you would never imagine would come to me to do business, to be quite honest. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Some good old boys, some, and they're great clients, some little old, little old white ladies and you know what I mean? Oh man. I mean, some of my best clients and, and some of my biggest advocates for sure. Um, so the one thing I tell people, money is green. And that's the only color that counts is green mm -hmm. in this business. So if people trust you, if, if they can, if you can communicate with people and you can build a relationship or a bond where people are like, you know what? I trust this guy. I believe he has my best interest at heart. I'm ready to give him my life savings Ooh. to invest it and to make it grow. And I've been fortunate that, you know, since since starting here nearly 10 years ago, starting with my business here nearly 10 years ago, you know, I've never if not missed a beat. And it's been it's been a consistent rise. You know, it's been very good. So um, that's been a blessing. Uh, you, you asked, do black women invest now? Black women is probably my most. Like I said, I have advocates across the board, but black women. I would say they tend to value the advice more than than others. They value the advice. They they value the counsel. And if you can provide a sister mm. great service, excellent service, and if she believes in tr and can be consistent with that excellent service, consistency is key. Um, and then also if she believes that you have her best interest at heart and that you're going to you're genuinely vested in getting to her financial goal helping her achieve her financial goals they're the best advocates for your business they're the best referral source that i have mm -hmm. um, and they take my advice so black girl magic is real <laughs> it is a big part of why i'm successful um 
you know, a, a, you know, and you know a little bit about the makeup. Like I said, I have three daughters. I have a wife. I have a granddaughter. And I they're have, all beautiful. Uh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. My my mother had had four sisters, so it's five sisters. I had four aunts, and my mom. You know, my my family is all about is all women, very strong women, and maybe that's been a part of why I've been able to communicate well and 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 you know build a business off you know off of women who trust and kind of engage with me. That says a lot about you because you're right. We we do not play with our money. No, not at all. Ever. Not and, at all. Um, we do have someone that is patching in that would like to ask you a question. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, we will add her on. The OG Patrice. How OG are you, my dear? I am wonderful. How are you guys this evening? We're doing, I'm well. doing well. Good. Actually, I have a couple, maybe two or three questions. So um, bear with me. So my question, because I've never had a financial advisor before, right? So I grew up, I didn't grow, grow up with uh, the best of things. We weren't poor, but we weren't rich. We were considered middle class or whatever you want to say, but we still never was taught financial literacy, right? Absolutely. So now, so now that I'm older and I am a boomer, so I will say that, and I know that boomers are the ones that supposedly is the ones with the, all the wealth now or all the savings and things coming out of that generation. And um, so with that being said, if I... I think for me, if I hired a financial advisor at this point in time in my life, I guess my question, my question will be to that financial advisor is like, okay, if you are the person that gives me the best, best advice to create wealth, I would have to ask, throw that question right back on you from a personal level, like how is your finances? Because, mm -hmm. you know, and how did you get yours and create yours before I would just tr entrust someone with, Sure. my life savings or, you know, with a, a certain set amount of money. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so most of the investments that I employ for my, first of all, when you put together a plan, when I put together a plan for, for anyone, it is tailored like a suit. So what was fit to me is not going to fit um, you know, the guy up the street or whatever, what fits you is not going to fit Ursula. So even though I may be doing well with my financial plan, it's not going to be identical, right? I'm going to put together something that is, is tailored specifically for OG Patrice. OG Patrice's income, how much she makes, how much she, um, you know, what her, what her bills are, um, you know, what her risk tolerance is, is how much time she has to invest and to grow her money. It, it's going to be a little different, but yeah, I have no problem with it. And most people, most of my clients know me and they sort of know my lifestyle and know, um, you know, know me as a person. So I've never, I don't really, and if it's someone new, they get to know me pretty quickly because one of the, one of the things that 
I believe in with my clients is building relationships. So I'm, I'm very transparent in that sense. So I don't, that's not a problem. I mean, whatever it is that um, is the, the, are the triggers for you or the things that help you to connect with someone, if the advisor is comfortable with that, I think that that's absolutely fine. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to say, well, I make X amount of dollars a year and this, that, and the third. But No, no, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant it like, you know, it's like, I don't want the blind leading the blind. Like I I want, I want, you know what I'm saying? I want somebody that if you're going to try to get me to a certain, um, uh, um, a wealth status, I would want to know that you are a mirror of that. 100%. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. 100%. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, a great, I uh, take and and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I know that I have, I know that probably most of my clients are that same way. And I do believe that for anyone to have an advisor, you have to believe that your advisor is doing pretty well themselves. I mean, that's a part of it. So, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I think you'll be able to tell pretty quickly whether someone's not doing well, you know what I mean? So you can, you can kind of see that in, in their, in their um, confidence in the way they dress and the way their business is run, you know, and that type of thing. And, and and honestly, in this business, an advisor won't be around very long if he's not, not very successful because this is a business that you have to, you, we call it kill what you eat. You know what I'm saying? We have to go out and get it. And if you're not getting it, if, if you're under a firm, that firm will let you go very quickly. So there's a few, there's a few different, um, I guess, points there that kind of, you can apply to your question. Okay. Um, and I heard you say that, uh, like, for instance, the Amazon stock, like for one, one stock is like three per grand share. per mm-hmm. share. Correct. Uh, right. So just say I wanted to invest mm-hmm. in, in Amazon. Uh, so I say, well, I got 12 grand, right. That I want to invest. Would that be a wise step at this point in time and day and age in the world we're living in now? Would you, would you advise, would you, if I was your client, would you say, uh, would you not advise that or would you, because I want somebody that's going to challenge Are you saying take $12,000 right? and invest in, in Amazon? Is that what you're saying? Is yes. that the question? Yes, shares in no, Amazon. Well, no, I would not necessarily say that. Again, everybody's different, and I'm put a plan together for everyone. But one of the main things that I, I make sure is that my clients are diversified and my clients mm-hmm. have quality investments. So first of all, Amazon's a good company for sure, but if, you, if you're only coming – to me with $12,000, we probably aren't going to go into a $3,000 stock that's going to take for one share that's going to take, you know, even if you just said, I'm going to do one share, that's 25% of that, of that, of that money, right? Or, or more than that, that's, that's like 40% of that money or whatever. So, or 25%. Okay. So anyway, my point being is, we would put together a plan for you. Just like I said before, Patrice, I put together something tailored for what money you have and we put together quality. And then I would, I would educate you in terms of how the investments work and what you can expect from the portfolio that we put together together, because we're going to talk about it. We're going to discuss it. You're going to be comfortable with it and you're going to understand what you're invested in. I love how you give options. Yeah, yeah, it's not. There's no just one way to skin a cat, right? There's there's a, a lot of different ways to 
build your portfolio. And again, everybody is unique. And right. so everybody's everybody's path is going to be a little bit different. I mean, you may be real similar, but you're, you know, the the way you look at risk might be different. So we're going to have right. to deal with that. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's really a personal thing. It's like, um, you know, I, I really call my, it's like a therapist when folks come in here because they're telling me all their personal things. Of course, their personal, how much they're making, how much they have in the bank, how much they have in their retirement, if there's anything, what their relationship is with money in the past, what they know about. You know, I'm, I'm learning all these things. Um, I'm setting people up for, you know, for their children going to college. I'm setting people up for, you know, if they die, what happens to their estate? What happens? You know, so there's a lot that goes into building a plan for each individual person. But again, it is tailored specifically for you, OG Patrice. Right. So I, I, so my situation as a single woman right now will be different than if I was married, right? And was coming in, you know, from that perspective. It so, uh, it, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, um, so if I, if, if, if I hired a financial advisor right now from where I am now and then later got married and yeah. say my spouse would want to in incorporate in, would well, that depend on, you know, finances in for us together? Right. Uh, would that depend on, um, I, I, I want to make sure I'm asking the question right. Well, OK, so like so. OK, so I'll come to you and I'll say, OK, I, you know, you're my financial advisor when I was single. Now I'm married and my husband wants to come in and invest, you know, and bring the money together as yeah. as a whole. Right. Um, I'm I'm going to let, let me let me I think I know where you're going. So let me kind of jump. OK, in here. yeah, because I'm not sure if I. So no, you no, let no. me know because so, I'm so, not sure if I'm, so, I'm asking it right. No, no, no. So let me know if this answers the question. Just. Hmm. Follow. So, I, first of all, I've had instant. I've had many instances where someone was single and then they've gotten married. Again, it's going to be your relationship with that man. First of all, your trust with that that individual. Whether you feel like, hey, I want to do this. I am going. If I, if you and I have gotten to know each other, I'm going to know a lot more about how you, you know, your, your idea about money, your ideas about relationships. I'm also going to know how long you've known this guy, right? I'm going to have, we're going to have a, we're going to have a relationship where I can give you feedback and give you sort of my, I, what I think. I'll give you a recommendation. I'll say, this is what I think, Patrice. You know, I mean, I've gotten to know, maybe I've gotten to know your, your, your fiance or your new, new husband. And I'm like, you know what? He's a good guy. If you're comfortable with it, that's fine. You can make it a joint account, you know, and do whatever. But typically I'm going to probably lean towards, look, you've built this wealth on your own. You have this 401k, obviously on your own, which is, which can only be yours. And you've right. saved and you've done a good job of saving. I'm not going to jeopardize that or advise that you jeopardize that with a relationship that may or may not last. Right. Yes. Yes. I so, like that. Right. So yeah, that's what I was. Yes. Now, 
there comes another point where this gentleman may have accrued his own wealth and he may be doing very well and it may be very clear that he's you know, fiscally sound, financially literate, responsible in that sense. Um, and we still may say, well, you know what? He keep his, you keep yours. You guys can start a new pot for, for you mm. guys together. You gotcha. know what I mean? So, I yeah, like that. There is no, again, it's no absolutes. Everybody's situation right. is different. So. Right, right. Yeah, I'm glad you you gave me all those scenarios because I was right. trying to to go there, but 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 you said it right because it would depend on the relationship, the trust value, the, and all those things. All those things, a lot of factors. So it's good to know that a financial advisor would be that that uh, that uh, uh, that level-headed person that I mean, have to bring those type of questions, you know, to right. to your attention. So, and, and I can only speak for myself as an advisor and how I operate. Um, I know a lot of great advisors, and I would think that someone who is doing their job well is probing for all of that information before giving a recommendation. You know, Tande, it, it, when I hear you talk, it's like you are peeling back layers as opposed mm. to just answering the surface questions. And Absolutely. OG Patrice, I love your questions as well, because it's triggering in my ear that not everything is cookie cutter. You know, we all could go to, I don't know, a store and get a, a suit, but then there's a difference between getting a suit off a rack and then a tailor-made suit that fits you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what advice would you give to a, a person that's uh, shopping for a financial advisor for the first time that do not know a lot about building a portfolio up and building wealth. I mean, would you recommend them go to somebody that is definitely legit, licensed, oh, whatever? What, oh, what yeah, type yeah, of credentials yeah. does a, a financial advisor no, have to have? Patrice is taking over the show. It's all good. So Patrice, here's what I would say. Yes, Anyone that you're going to have manage your finances needs to be legitimate. They need to have credentials. They need to be licensed. There are a lot of companies that have non-licensed folks who will come out and say they're credentialed. There is a, a, a site called Broker Check. You can go to Broker Check and you will know if there's any lawsuits or any complaints against an advisor. Just go to Broker Check and check them out. But what I what I normally tell it because if they work for a firm. Excuse me. If they work for a firm like an Edward Jones or Merrill Lynch or Raymond James, Morgan Stanley, those types of firms, they have to be licensed. So you you already know that out the gate. Right. And typically they don't have um, typically don't they don't have. um, Well, you know, typically they won't have anyone working for them that has too many complaints against them or anything like that or any substantial complaints against them. Now, but what I do tell people in terms of um, finding an advisor, it's just like you interviewing somebody, you're hiring me. So you're interviewing those. Maybe you go see two or three people or whatever, and you go with the person that you you know, they're going to tell you, they're going to tell you exactly how they're going to do business with you. And you go to the person that you feel comfortable with. You know what I mean? But of course, do your due diligence. If you feel like, look, I, I'm, I'm really about my money. I'm not going, I don't care if they work for whoever I'm going, you know, I'm going to 
do a background check, whatever, you know, whatever you right. need to make you feel comfortable, because at the end of the day, that's all it is. Who, what does, you know, who are you comfortable with? Because you are giving that person a lot. I mean, if you're going to follow the advice, you're giving that person a lot of um, control and not, not really control because it's all you. But if you're going to trust that person, you want to be with someone you can trust. Absolutely. I love the trust part. Yeah, I love that. Patrice, thank you for your questions. Oh, thank, no, thank you. I mean, I, my wheels are turning with this now, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I'm coming to that crossroads where, you know, I'm I'm soon looking to uh, to to build my portfolio up and yeah, yeah. start well, a small business. So all these don't things is like Patrice. going through my mind, you know. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, I love the, excuse me, Tande, real quick. I love Tande's, just if you're curious, his contact info, and this is for anyone listening, Tande's, Tande Leo's contact information is in the show description notes, and that goes straight to his Edward Jones's profile. And you can take a look there as well. Yeah, and if you so, go to my website, you can actually communicate with us via email, my, um, my wonderful um, office administrator, Sanja, she'll typically Sanja. answer those calls and give you a call, schedule you for a time for us to talk. Okay. And uh, what's the name of that that, that broker uh, place you said you can go to find out if people okay. have complaints? Oh. Broker check. I'll put it in the broker show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm taking notes. That's why. <laughs> I'm going to put it in the show notes right now. I'm serious about this thing, so I appreciate your help. No problem. No problem. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm going to go back down to the You don't even have to go to Broker Check. You could actually just Google, and if they have anything against, if they're going to come up, like Google them, they're going to come up. And if they have any um, you know, findings against them or anything like that, that's typically going to be one of the first things that pops up. So. Oh, we got one more question, please. One more question. So now the person that I hired, they don't have to, or do they have to, they don't necessarily, or do they have to be licensed in the state that I live in or how does that work? They do. Okay. They do. Now, but okay. that shouldn't be an issue for a good, I mean, I'm licensed in like 35 states. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you don't have to live and, and work in that state and there's nothing to get licensed in other states. Excellent. Okay. Gotcha. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Trees. I'm going back down in the chat now. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> no, this is awesome. I love this. It's teaching me. So I'm learning so much and I'm like trying to sponge and soak it all in, you know? Well, soak it all in definitely, <laughs> and share it with your friends, Patrice. <laughs> oh, well, Patrice, stay on because I have a, a special um, secret I'm going to open up and share with everyone, but you got to stay on. Okay. Okay. I will. All right. Thank you All so right. much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, uh, Tondaleo, those are some, I love how you answered everything, especially with Patrice being a black woman. So now that she's even shown some, um, she's inquisitive about it, like all of us black women. So why is the topic of money or finances even important for black women? You know what? Good segue. <laughs> she yeah. kind of set that up real nice. So I gave you a, a couple slides. I want you to pull up the fact and fiction slides, if you would. Yes, sir. And, and so we're going to. Excuse me, everyone. What I'd love for you to do 
you know, uh, you can get your screen, your your cameras. You can take a picture of it if you can't remember any of the information that Mr. Day is going to give us. But we are going to have some fact or fiction. All yeah, right. and, and what we'll do um, is I'm going to ask basically three questions, okay? Okay. And the three questions you're going to say fact or fiction. So anybody who's listening that wants to play along, we'd love to see your, your interaction. After we read the first statement, you say fact or fiction. We'll see if we can get a couple responses. And then I'll tell you whether it's fact, whether you're right or wrong, basically. And, and we'll give you some statistics. Okay. All right. So first, to the first one. All right. The first one is nearly 70% of women are confident in how much they're saving for retirement. Is that fact or fiction? Nearly 70% of women are confident in how much they are saving for retirement. Okay. So while we wait on other people's answers, based on tonight, uh -huh. all the gems that you've been dropping, I would say... For Black women, I would say fact. Now, this is all women. Okay. But that's fine. I mean, but that's either way. I would say, I would say uh, fact. Why not? And okay. Adrian, okay. she answered and she said fiction. Okay. Adrian. Okay, cool. I, and, and we'll answer it and then we'll, we'll ask Adrian why she thinks fiction. Okay. So let's go ahead and answer this question. Let's see. It said, so the question was nearly 70% of women are confident in how much they're saving for retirement. That is fiction. Mm. Only about 51% of women say they're confident that they're saving enough to retire comfortably compared to 68% of men. Oh my God. Well, only 51%. So Adrian, can you, can, can uh, Patrice is fact, uh, <laughs> uh, but it is fiction. 51%. I would love to know. Well, we, we'll just move on and we'll talk about that. Only on about 51 percent say they're confident. I would say in terms of the men compared to men, 61 percent, because men are going to be a little less um, technical about it. They just assume they may not be oh. but they, they are compared to men. They think that they are they're comfortable with their retirement. And I'll have guys who come in who have little to nothing and they think that they're rich you know what i mean like oh man wow. you know, and, and honestly you you know when you can stop when you retire you're not working anymore revenue's not coming in and so you want to accumulate enough to be able to to carry you through let's go to the next question yes sir here we go fact thank you for joining me on this episode of black girls getting their shift together if anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you, and I love you all. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme.
supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Crunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. 2020 has proved that we must be prepared for the unexpected, which is why you should contact an Edward Jones financial advisor like Tonda Leo Day. Contact him at 770-466-0031 to schedule an appointment. Tell him Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together sent you.